Good evening and welcome to the Dollar Dogs and Beer Podcast. I am your host, Andrew, and with me tonight is Joe. Jason is uh, taking the week off. Uh, his dog's getting ready for surgery and he has a couple other things going on. So, uh, Jason, we hope everything goes well with Luna's surgery tomorrow. She's a sweet, albeit uh, crazy, energetic dog as any I've ever seen. Um, and uh, good luck keeping her uh, calm for the next two weeks while she recovers. That is going to be an arduous task, and one of which... Uh, I don't envy you in the slightest because uh, that dog has more energy than most that I've seen. <laughs> um, Joe, how are you holding up tonight, bud? Uh, holding up good, man. Had had a nice long you know weekend with Easter. It was a great time with family and and whatnot, and and really getting into the the spirit of the holiday. So I was I was good. Um, you know, looking forward to uh, the new week here. Yeah. All right. So, Joe, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm on the Evan Williams and Coke, man. I gotta stay with what what works. All right, gotta hey, roll with it, man. And tonight, I'm gonna be uh, drinking a beer that repeats one of the phrases you like to say a lot. I said what I said. <laughs> Actually, it's quite tasty. It's a key lime margarita sour. Um, uh, I I can't remember if Jason's had this one before or not, but uh, he would definitely like this one too. The lime the lime flavor is uh, quite quite nice. <laughs> Try that sometime. Yeah, I I think even you'd like this. It's not crazy sour. It looks like Ronnie's joining us in the audience. Ronnie says sounds good. Yeah, Ron, you'd like this one too. It's uh it, it's not a crazy kicky in the teeth sour either. So if you're not a super sour fan, it's uh, one you'll definitely enjoy. All right, so rolling into the uh, events of last week, we'll start in the minors before we get into all the stuff in the majors because there was an absolutely crazy line I've never seen any more, I've never seen before, probably will never see again. Plus, you have uh, some great team names here. So, the Rocket City Trash Pandas. That that's correct. The Rocket City Trash Pandas. It is a raccoon. Um, they no hit the Chattanooga Lookouts but lost the game seven to five because they gave up seven runs in the seventh and final inning. It was a seven inning game because of a double header. So Joe, this is how the, uh, this is how the seventh inning went for Chattanooga. Walk, walk, pop out to the second baseman, walk, strike out, walk. So most of this is happening with two outs. Let's keep that in mind. E eight pitching change, three straight hit by pitches, a walk, another wild pitch, a walk, and then finally a strikeout to mercifully end the inning. Um, holy crap. <laughs> Only in the minor leagues are you going to no-hit another team and lose by two. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty wild, man. It's, a, it's almost as bad as a really bad game at, at Clipper in the independent <laughs> league, man. Holy hell. You know – and I've been to a couple uh, absolutely crazy games at uh, Clipper before. I mean, I, I, I've seen the Barnstormers put up 10 in the first inning. I've seen them give up 10 in the first inning. So, you know, there really is uh, – <laughs> there's a whole lot of uh, you know, craziness that goes on with that one. Um, so, let me yeah, see what it – Yeah, just, just ridiculous. I mean, it's <laughs> – the, the fact you couldn't get a third out and, you know – Get yourself out of that, maybe with, you know, a three three run win. That's pretty sad. <laughs> well, and I just can't believe, I, I can't believe that you let one guy hit three guys in a row and don't yank him. Like, 
I don't care if you have to bring in somebody cold out of the bullpen. Uh, that guy's clearly not <laughs> – something ain't right if he's hitting three straight guys. Well, I mean, do they have a minimum, though, still? They probably do. He, the three-hitter three hitter minimum? Well, that is three hitters. He hit all three yeah, guys. So. <laughs> um, yeah, they probably didn't have somebody ready. That's probably why he didn't get pulled. In I mean, I mean, if you're, if you're the umpire, though, if he hits two in a row, you probably should have just said, yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, again, I didn't see the game, so I don't know, you know, where the pitches were. Was it obvious? No, I'm assuming it, he wasn't trying to hit the guys. I mean, why would you try and hit three guys in a row when your team's up five nothing? But no. uh, you, you know, I've been confused before. So, <laughs> um, Jason said the Chattanooga no no is hilariously awesome, but it was sad it was against the best named team ever, the Trash Pandas, and uh, Jason. Uh, agreement there bud yeah not only is the team name good but the logos are sick yeah the, the trash bandits have some great logos some of the uh, best unis in the minors it's insane oh without a doubt without a doubt um they're, they're a team i actually love to face when, when i'm playing mlb the show because their uniform's great everything about that franchise is just so much fun yeah i mean it does i think aren't they uh they're the Angels affiliate. Uh, I think so. A double A, if I remember right, too. Yeah. I mean, if they spend as much money on them as they spend on the Angels, maybe they'd be half decent. <laughs> I don't know, man. They can't, they, they nailed the mascot, so yeah, they need anything else. No. All right. So uh, Jason's down on the farm segment this week. He, he said no pitchers really stood out to him. The uh, hitter he wanted to feature was Joe Adele of the Salt Lake Bees. It's the AAA affiliate of the Angels. To start the season with 34 at-bats, he's averaging 353, seven homers, 15 RBIs, and a 1.564 OPS. That's a smoking hot start right there. Not bad. Um, <laughs> you know, and honestly, Joe, the way the Angels go, we might be seeing him before too much longer. If he's doing that at AAA, they might have to give him a chance. Yeah, really? All right, so uh, now for some uh, sadder news. We've got um, O'Neill Cruz's injury. So um, he's out for four months after having surgery because he fractured his left ankle in a collision at home plate. He tried to score from third on a chopper by Brian Hayes. His leg bent awkwardly beneath him while attempting a very late slide. Like he was like three yard, th- three feet, four feet tops from the plate when he started that slide. Yeah, that was uh... a very poor choice. Um, it looks like his leg may have collided with uh, catcher uh, Sebi Zavala's leg. The Pirates' DH Carlos Santana took exception to Zavala's behavior, and there was a brief benches clearing uh, shoving contest uh, slash meeting at the mound. I wouldn't call it a brawl by any means. No, um, no yeah, no ejections were issues. They they got it under control pretty quickly and got the players back where they belonged. Uh, essentially, Zavala didn't like how late Cruz decided to slide, mentioned it to Santana. Santana didn't like that, and that was the escalation. Um, this is this is a rough injury because uh, the Pirates are not off to a bad start, shockingly. Enough. No, they're not. <laughs> and he's a huge part of that team, and they're going to miss his production while he's gone. And uh, not only that, huge fantasy baseball implications as O'Neill Cruz was taken very highly in um, when you look at the composite average uh, draft picks across leagues. So this is, uh, you know, his loss is an impact that 
fantasy baseball players will be, um, or fantasy baseball managers, excuse me, will be feeling for quite some time as they're going to have to scramble around and find a replacement for O'Neill Cruz for the next uh, four months or so while he's out injured. Um, I, you know, I, I watched a replay of the play. I didn't, I didn't think anything was dirty on the slide. I think he just was like, oh crap, they actually got it home really quickly. I need to try and do something because I can't barrel into the catcher like he used to be able to. That's really what that looked yeah. like. Yeah, me. I don't think I don't think he knew exactly where that throw was coming and had to had to make that decision late. I don't think there was anything intentional about it. I don't blame Savala for taking some exception to that because you're trying to protect yourself. But right, um, you know, I think. It, it looked to me as if Savala gave him the plate, and because of his late decision, it just caused the issue. It would he slides sooner than there's no problem here, and we're not talking about this. But yeah, um, Jason said the uh, cruise injury sucks majorly because he's a big part of the lineup. He definitely slid late, like he didn't want to slide, but changed up his mind. Hard to fault either player, really. And also, Jason agreed uh, he didn't think it was a dirty play either. You know, it's just one of those things that happens. Baseball is baseball. You know, things are going to happen. Um, so it really does suck for the Pirates, though. I don't know where they're going to um, – who, who's going to make up the offensive output he's had so far. You're just um, going to have to give up uh, throwing people out at home plate now. Cancel that. <laughs> Cancel the throw to home. You know, that wouldn't have worked out well for Atlanta as they uh, threw out yeah. – with three Cardinals runners this past week in that series, at least. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was uh, Atlanta's outfielders were uh, showing off the gun show um, in St. Louis. Uh, not so well in, in the uh, San Diego series, but quite well in the St. Louis series. All right. So, uh, Joe, do you have anything for bring out the good this week? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things I want to touch on. I mean, uh, Liam Hendricks, who we talked about last week, had his last chemo treatment, I think, on Tuesday of last week. So so things are looking in a positive direction for him. Um, that was the, the main bring out the good is the good news on his front. Um, the other one I wanted to touch on, and I know we've brought him up a ton on this show, um, Joe from Obvious Shirts. I just want to give them a hat tip for a lot of the, the charity work he has done in the last year specifically. I mean, the – the ALS shirts, um, you know, that when the DeMar Hamlin happened in the NFL, <laughs> yeah. yeah, when the DeMar Hamlin injury happened and he, he designed a bunch of shirts and all of the money went to his charity, um, the Liam Strong stuff. I, I the, the guy is just, just a stand up guy, it doesn't, doesn't hurt that he's a fellow Hoosier and a fellow Cub fan. Um, but you know, he's he's just such a stand up guy and he cares so much about all the, the things that are important. So I just wanted to give uh, give Joe from Obvious Shirts a shout out tonight. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, for anyone who hasn't ever purchased an obvi- a T-shirt from Obvious Shirts, go do it. First of all, the prints that they have are absolutely hilarious. They have things, and it's not just, you know, Chicago sports related. They they go all over the place. Uh, I love, for instance, if Joey Votto didn't swing, it wasn't a strike. That's a great shirt. You know, they've, you know, they take some of the best players, you know, like Aaron Judge is really good at baseball, things like that. Yeah. Um, I might be uh, picking up a couple Swanson shirts because uh, I do miss Dansby, although RC has been performing very well for Atlanta since he left. Um, 
you know, I got the Freddie shirt and for, I, I was lucky. I got the Freddie shirt right after uh, he signed with the Dodgers. So they had it marked down because it was in Braves colors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just, like I said, he just is such a stand-up guy does a lot of good work. And then um, it's, it's really, you know, I think it's important to support guys like that who are doing things for the right reason. Yeah. And not only that, the uh, just want to shout out as well. The t-shirts are incredibly soft. They're pre-shrunk cotton. They're not going to shrink again on you in the dryer high quality shirts and uh, you know, the uh, ALS shirts from last year, which I'm assuming he's going to run again this year during uh, Lou Gehrig week. Um, you know, proceeds from these shirts go to, um, to uh, various ALS organizations for research, uh, trying to find a cure. So um, anytime, uh, you know, follow obvious shirts in their social media, anytime they're doing a special um, fundraising drive, line of shirts you know they'll post it there pretty quick uh if you get their text update they'll send that out as well um yeah definitely a phenomenal organization uh joe and i are probably <laughs> at some point joe and i are probably gonna have enough shirts to wear probably two a day for a week at least so yeah obvious shirts.com for those who are interested <laughs> all right so um so uh, let, let's keep it on kind of a uniform note now, Joe. Um, the Yankees came up with a, a rather interesting proposal um, over the offseason. Uh, this was in an article in The Athletic. Um, they feel like they're facing a number crunch due to the insanely ridiculous 22 retired numbers that they have. So they asked MLB to stop the longstanding practice of issuing uniform numbers to managers and coaches. Uh, MLB said no, at least for now, but they did say they would possibly reconsider the idea later. So, Joe, should managers and coaches have the roster numbers? Because traditionally, uh, MLB managers and coaches, they would wear uniforms because in the early days outside of Connie Mack and his suit, um, many managers were player managers, but we haven't seen that since, you know, Pete Rose in 1986. So uh, do you think they should still have roster numbers? Um, I, I don't have a problem with them having roster numbers that, that, that doesn't bother me. I think it, you know, it makes you almost feel like they're a, more a part of them and you can pick them out a little easier, mm -hmm. you know, at a game or, or out in the field. Um, I think it's, it's, I think it's nice that they, they feel more a part of it than just sort of a separate thing. Um, I, I think, you know, could you get away with them? Get, you know, get rid of numbers. Sure. I, I mean, but does it really matter? I don't. I don't think it's as consequential as the Yankees make it sound. I mean, just stop retiring numbers for half decent guys. You know. You know. It's funny you bring that up. Let's roll into this sinkhole the Yankees have dug themselves into. It's their own damn fault that they have fewer numbers available than everybody else. They, a lot of the guys they've retired recently. I'm looking specifically at three: Paul O'Neill, Jorge Posada, Bernie Williams. Nice players, good people. They're not all timers. Like any other organization, they'd be known as, hey, great Yank, you know, great insert your organization here, but you're not going to get your number retired for that. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think you make a good point there. I think, I mean, to, to, to retire Bernie Williams' number and consider him among the, the pantheon of, Mantle, DiMaggio, like really? No, yeah. no thanks. Ruth, Gehrig, Joe Torrey. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, are they, you know, are they, are they legends in their time? Absolutely. 
are they, you know, the, I, the I'm sorry, Ber Bernie Williams, a legend in his time, Paul O'Neill, Jorge Posada, they were good players, no doubt about it. Yeah, they're not legends. No. Uh, <laughs> and here's the thing the Yankees have three manager numbers retired. So, like, what? <laughs> What if Aaron Boone's the next best thing since Joe Torrey? I, I mean, let, let, let me let me let me let me just say this and get out in front of this. I don't think they have to worry about retiring a manager number anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right about that. Um, and let's let's look at this too. There's plenty of numbers available. Zero and double zero are now legal numbers in MLB. So that means you have 101 available numbers. You subtract the 22. For the retired, and let's keep in mind, with their retired numbers, two are duplicated. They've got two eights and two forty twos retired. Yeah. And then you have ten coaches plus Aaron Boone, so you have sixty eight numbers that are available for players. Last time I checked, Joe, isn't the active roster twenty five? Twenty six, I think now. Or twenty. Okay, twenty six. Okay, so sixty eight minus twenty six equals you have plenty of damn numbers to choose from. I'm sorry they don't have a lot of low a low digit numbers because those are all gone. But you know what? It's the Yankees. That's kind of expected. Yeah. yeah. So you know, get over it. <laughs> um, yeah. What other solutions could there be besides eliminating numbers? Um, you know, you could honor certain active players by letting them wear a retired player's number. You know, a player of higher integrity, player of high integrity and character, they could wear Lou Gehrig's number four. Slugger like Aaron Judge, you could offer him three or Jeter's two because he's also team captain or Thurman Munson's 15, Mattingly's 29, you know, things like that. I don't really like that idea, but really if the Yankees are really in that much of a crunch, that's something they could at least consider. Yeah. Um, I'm not opposed to getting rid of the numbers entirely. I, I think, I mean, anytime you watch a game now, they're wearing sweatshirts anyway. I'll get to that too. Hold on. Hold, hold that thought for one second, because I, I have a counter argument for that, too. But first, uh, Yankees clubhouse director Lou Kakuza said nobody's wearing the jerseys anymore. They wear them because it's opening day. They'll wear them in the postseason during introductions. That's really it. Oh, contraire. Um, Paul Lucas of uh, UniWatch, uh, he did a rundown of this during the summer of 2021. Now, OK, it's I know it's a couple years later, but this is probably going to be these numbers should be in the ballpark, pun intended. Ten managers routinely suited up in full uniform. Quaker, he is in five And then the remaining 15 usually. What? What? So the, the uniform are being. Um, you know, first and third base coaches, they're pretty much always in full uniform because they're on the field. So I, I think it's a ridiculous suggestion by the Yankees. They're making light of a problem that's not a problem. Now, uh, Ron in the comments, he does bring up an interesting point. How many people buy a manager's jersey, though? Ron, that's fair. Not a lot of people do buy manager jerseys. I, I, you're absolutely right about that. 
Um, I don't think they even sell them. Yeah, they probably don't. Well, but you can get a custom one done now. Yeah. yeah you could always just get your name on the back of whatever. But, um, you know, <laughs> I'm sure Ron and Jason are not ever going to be clamoring to buy a Joe Girardi Phillies manager. You're going to Gotta bring up Girardi, don't you? As well as that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, you know, the, you know, it's. I love Snicker. I wouldn't get a Snicker uniform. Yeah. Although, you know, now that I think about it, Jason might buy a Girardi uniform just to start a bonfire with. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I could, and you know, here's the thing too. Sometimes managers pick numbers specifically because of, you know, they're tr for a specific reason. I know um, Girardi, when he was with the Yankees, he first had, was wearing 27 because he wanted to bring their 27th title. After he got that the next year, he changed his number to 28. Don Zimmer, when he was down with the uh, with the Rays at the end of his career, he started at 60 because he had been in professional baseball for 60 years. And then each year just dropped his number up by one until his last year of 66 when he passed away. And that's the number that Tampa Bay chose to retire for him was 66. Yeah. So I I just – I think the Yankees are making a, a big issue out of something that's not an issue at all because uh, – you know, there's plenty of freaking numbers available. Um, and Jason is uh, with uh, is with me on this one, hates the idea of no number for managers and coaches. So, yeah, I, I think it's a non-issue, and I think the Yankees should just, you know, retire numbers that are actually of players that are actually worthy of being retired, and then they won't run into this problem. I know, cra crazy thought, crazy thought, I know. <laughs> Um, one other uniform related thing I saw over the weekend, the, um, you, you remember the Rockies city connect that rolled out last year, the yeah. entire forest green jumpsuit outfit that they had, which actually they debuted against Atlanta and lost while wearing those uniforms. I might add, um, <laughs> obvious foreshadowing for later in the episode. Um, and, uh, they debuted them this year, but they, trash the green pants for white pants. It was a, I thought it was a cleaner look. Um, it, it broke up the green monotone jumpsuit look quite nicely. Um, it, it looked like a better uniform. I thought, honestly, um, did you get a chance to see them with the white pants? I, I didn't, but I mean, I remember it from last, from last year when we reviewed the uniform. It, I mean, I'm sure it, it makes it a little bit easier to see and notice the difference, I think. Um, and you know, Hey, whatever you got to do to win those 99 games there, buddy. <laughs> well, you know, and honestly, it's something the Cubs should consider with their city connects was that was one thing. We It was just too much blue. White pants would be a big improvement with those. I'd, I'd like to see them just start over. <laughs> Wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's Nike. Nike is incapable of admitting that they screwed something up, unfortunately. So yeah. I don't think you're going to see that even though that, eh, it wouldn't be a bad idea. No. All right. So uh, rolling on through um, Jordan Walker of the Cardinals. He is now on a nine game hitting streak to start his major league career. Even more impressive considering he's only 20 years old. Um, only two other players in MLB history have opened their career with nine plus game hitting streaks while being 20 years old or under. Those two players are Ted Williams, who had a nine game streak in 1939, and Eddie Murphy, who had a 12 game streak in 1912. So, uh, damn, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. 
And uh, he also tied the Cardinals franchise record with a nine game hitting streak. Uh, Magnuera Sierra began his career with a nine game hitting streak back in 2017 as well. Um, I think uh, Walker's ceiling's quite a bit higher than uh, Sierra's ceiling is, though. So, um, yeah, uh, Jordan Walker, I got to watch him firsthand against the Braves. That The dude just hits, man. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's, really it's hard, to, to, uh, hard to, to, you know, put into words just how the, the upside you're hearing from Cardinal fans and across the league. I mean, and he's, and he's proving 20. that. Proving that it was worth it, that's for sure. Yeah, Cardinals made the right idea uh, putting him on the opening day roster, that's for sure. Yeah, he's going to, Joe, I hate to say, he's going to be a thorn in your side all year, man. <laughs> he's going to be a thorn in my side for the next five to six years anyway. <laughs> Maybe longer. Yeah, well, hopefully it won't be too bad, but you never through, know. Through his initial contract anyway, we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, it's true, because the Cardinals will sometimes shell out money, and they sometimes won't. It's kind of like a crap shot deciding what, <laughs> what they're going to yeah, do. They, they, they took one of my guys. It's time for us to take one of theirs. <laughs> it's only fair. Totally fair. And speaking of your guys, Joe, how about them Cubs? Yeah, uh, you know, interesting week for the Cubs, um, you know, coming off of – opening weekend where, you know, they, they get one out of three from Milwaukee and, and they should have probably won at least two of those. Um, but, you know, they they took – they split the, the two games that were played with the Reds. Um, Monday night's loss was a 7-6 loss. A smiley was on the bump, four and a two-thirds, nine hits, seven runs, six of them earned. So not very effective. Um, we, we had our first um, – you know, first belly bomb of the year, uh, Cody Bellinger, three-run homer. Um, at the time of, I think, that three-run homer, which was in the first inning, the Cubs had a 76% win probability, and it just went downhill from there, um, <laughs> which is, you know, remarkable that it just went so sideways. Um, the biggest question mark in that game was was uh, Ross's decision to have Patrick Wisdom, who's streaky enough as it is, bunt in the seventh inning made no sense, uh, especially because he just he took a ball off the hand earlier in the in the game, you know, and it was like that doesn't make any sense. Like what? Like bring bring somebody off the bench who can swing the bat then, if you're that concerned about it. Um, anyway, David Ross, man. Yeah. And, and anyway, I think you know. I, I, Game they should have easily won, but you know you'll you'll have that this time of the year. Uh, Tuesday night was a twelve five win. Uh, Wisniewski got beat up pretty badly in this game, uh, but it was a big game for all the other new faces offensively. Um, Mancini had a couple of good hits, uh, RBIs, and 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 Hosmer had a couple of good hits. Belly had his had a hit, I think, or two. So you know the new guys are were making their you know making themselves well-known um, Tuesday night to get that win, even though uh, Wes Nasty, as he's called, had a rough outing. Um, game three Wednesday was postponed due to the, uh, the rain that they were either supposed to get or got. Um, it, you know, and that's not being made up till September with all this weird scheduling we have, which is <laughs> shocking to me. Um, but, hey, whatever. Um and then they, you know, they had the Rangers for the weekend series, um, took two out of three against them. Uh, Marcus Stroman has just been lights out to start the year. 
Um, and he, he went six innings again Friday night, um, two hits, three walks, six strikeouts. Um, Eovaldi pitched really well for Texas, but it just it just wasn't a match for um, Happ and Belly had RBI double and a single respectively, and that was the difference. Um, but, you know, Eovaldi did pitch pretty well, just not well enough. Um, and then, uh, you know, Saturday, 10-3 win. Justin Steele looked really good in this one. Six innings, four hits, uh, four walks, three strikeouts. So, you know, pitched pretty well. He's had back-to-back starts just like Stroman, pretty pretty good to start the year. Um, Wisdom and Gomes had homers. Hosmer had a two-run single. Hap had a three-run single. So a lot of a lot of positive um, offensive numbers throughout the week. Um, and then yesterday, 8-2 loss, um, you know, uh, Tyone got roughed up pretty bad again. Um, five innings, six hits, five runs. He had seven strikeouts, but when you're giving up five, you know, six hits and five runs, it doesn't really matter. Um, and Assad had a really rough three inning outing too. He was demoted to AAA today. Vasquez um, nice. was brought up, so the outfielder. So um, already making some moves, and you know, Keegan Thompson's pitched okay. Um, in the last week or so, um, you know, five and a third, five strikeouts, 0.94 whip. So he's getting used to that, you know, long relief role they have him in, pitching a couple innings a, a game here and there. So ov- overall, not a, a gr- great week, obviously, but not a bad week either. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it could have been a heck of a lot worse, man. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I was actually pretty impressed that you guys took two or three from the Rangers, though, um, especially after they uh, showed a lot of grit in that sweep of the Phillies to open the season off. So um, good for you guys. All right, let's move into Atlanta. Um, great start of the week. Terrible ending to the week. Um, it, they opened with a sweep of the Cardinals. They won 8 4 4 one, five, two. Um, Joe, I was particularly impressed with Atlanta's performances. St. Louis is not a ballpark that we really have ever done very well in, um, especially in the postseason. They managed to limit the damage from Jordan Walker despite the hitting streak. Um, Game one, Acuna went three for four, three-run homer, a double, a single, a walk, two runs, three RBIs. Ozzie had a two-run homer. Riley hit a 473-foot bomb, uh, longest of his career, fourth longest at Bush Stadium, second longest by an opponent. Um, Goldschmidt, of course, because he's the reigning MVP, had to hit his first homer of the season. Um, in game one, the Cardinals left 11 guys on and went one for 11 with runners in scoring position. I mean, it, that's going to be um, largely uh, a an ongoing theme. I'm not going to bring it up for each game, but the Cardinals couldn't move guys at all, and it was uh, very helpful. <laughs> no complaints. So, so do what we did, and you'll have success. <laughs> Um, game two, Riley had a two-run homer, second straight game he homer. Dylan Dodd had his MLB debut, five strong innings, one run, six hits, and three strikeouts. If I'm not mistaken, he's from the Missouri area, so he had a lot of family and friends in for that game, so that had to be really cool for him. Arce also had a home run for the Braves. Um, in the seventh inning, the Cardinals were trying to rally, but Tyler O'Neill got thrown out by Acuna by <laughs> pretty convincingly. I've shared the video in the group chat quite happily. 
um, Oliver Marmel, the Cardinals manager, was quite upset because he thought the turnaround third was uh, too wide. That's not our style of play as far as the effort rounding the bag there. It's unacceptable. Um, Acuna, Joe, you'll like this. He also threw out Contreras at second base earlier in the game as well. <laughs> no no <laughs> love lost there, as you guys know from the group chat. Uh, <laughs> I, I downloaded the, the new MLB The Show and played the Cardinals and hit Contreras four times in the game. So. Uh, and didn't get ejected because he had it spread out enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, game three, we had an Olsen home run. He drove in three. Bryce Elder threw six strong innings, gave up two hits, six strikeouts, three walks. Jordan Walker did get his first career home run, but it didn't really matter. Um, the Braves outfield defense strong again as Rosario threw Goldschmidt at home in the fourth when he tried to score from first base. Uh, Michael Harris made a great catch while slamming into the wall in the eighth to rob a home run from Paul Goldschmidt. So, um, <laughs> You remember how our outfield offense, our outfield uh, uh, defense last year was pretty crappy to start the year. I'm loving having a good outfield defense to start the year this year. It's so nice. Yeah, I can't say I blame you there, bud. Jeez. <laughs> um, and then uh, we dropped three out of the four to the Padres. Injuries really started to rack up for the Braves. Um uh, when you, the pitching matchups kind of explain it. Uh, we didn't have Freed going. He was supposed to go. Wright's injured. Um, yeah, I think we threw three rookies in this series. So, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I will t- I will tell you this. I was listening to MLB Radio on the way home tonight, and they were talking about, you know, power rankings for this week. And they're still like, I still trust Atlanta's lineup more than I trust San Diego's. Yeah. So, I mean, bad, bad series for you guys, but I think if, if I had to pick between those two teams and, I, and my money's on the line, I'm, I'm going with Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta only threw one regular starter in the series. They threw Spencer Strider, who got the win. Well, he yeah. didn't pick up the win, but they won his game. Right. So, you know, you have to imagine if we had our whole rotation intact and weren't losing two key guys in the bullpen, it's probably a different series. I would say uh, so. And I think the other thing you have to remember, like you always say, it's April. Exactly. Yeah. It, you know, I'd rather have guys be hurt now than be hurt in September when it matters more. Right. So they won the the home opener 7-6 and then lost 5-4-4-1 and then the uh, sad 10-2 route on Sunday Night Baseball. And can I also just say, Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, I swear to God, that those games are a complete and utter shit show. It doesn't matter what two teams are playing. One team is going to play out of its mind. One team is going to play absolute garbage. And it's basically a coin toss because it doesn't matter what the two teams are. I there's something voodoo and creepy about Sunday night games like that. That just it, it, honestly, it's 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 probably the worst baseball product in television. Yeah, yeah I would just, agree with that. It's it's unwatchable. Like I, I just I don't I don't need to hear you guys talk about the same damn thing for two innings. Like I don't care. Yeah. Not going to lie, I have been known to uh, mute the TV and turn on the uh, Braves radio feed instead on Sunday night games. I I just can't do it. So um, home opener, uh, all Orlando Arcia, man. He uh, had the walk-off single in the ninth to win. He also hit a home run, had a double. So uh, what happened was the Padres took a 6-4 lead in the eighth. Bogarts came home in a wild pitch from Kirby Yates. And then Jose Azucar dropped a bunt and advanced because Yates threw wide to first base for an error. Cronworth scored while Azucar raced, a thir- raced all the way around to third. 
Um, in the bottom half of the inning, uh, you had shoot, where is it? Sorry, flip flop my notes because I'm crazy. So in the bottom of the eighth, then RSU had his double. Olsen drove him in with an RBI single, and then Darno had a single, which scored Olsen as well. And then in the ninth, um, and this was all with two outs, I might add. Um, Rosario hit a double into the right field corner, and then RSU drove him home for the walk-off. I mean, it, that was a great back-and-forth game the whole time. Um, Cronenworth had a solo homer. Matt Carpenter, because, of course, Matt Carpenter would hit a freaking three-run home run. Um, Snell was wild for the Padres, though. Four walks, four runs, six hits, only two strikeouts. That was in three and two-thirds of an inning. Strider took the no decision. He did give up three runs, four hits, three walks, but struck out nine in five innings. So uh, it looks like Spencer Strider's largely back to uh, last season's um, power. Game two, the Braves pretty much held down the Padres' offense, except for Manny Machado and Nelson Cruz, because Machado went two for four with a walk, double strikeout, two runs, and Cruz went three for five with a double, two RBIs. Um, Jared Schuster was knocked around for the second straight time. He's been sent back down to Gwinnett. Um, six hits, four runs, four walks, four strikeouts, and four innings. Um, I'm not ready to give up on the kid, but he clearly he's probably not quite ready to be up at the major league level right now. So leave him down AAA to get his feet back underneath him. Um, Osuna did hit a home run. Riley went three for three with two walks and an RBI. Um, game three was the City Connect debut game. And, of course, like I think almost every City Connect team, the Braves lost. <laughs> um, Michael Walker, because, of course, he did. He matched his career high with 10 freaking strikeouts. And Juan Soto hit a home run. Um, Travis Darno had a collision with Rogan Odor at the plate, and he had a concussion. He's got a history of concussions, so the Braves immediately put him into the uh, seven-day concussion IL. And, of course, this was Walker's first career win against Atlanta. Um, the Braves hitting overall in that game, very undisciplined, 15 strikeouts. And then in the finale, I'm, th there's not much to say. That was the route, uh, except for two notes for Nelson Cruz. He became the second oldest Padre to hit a home run. And he, uh, Ricky is the oldest Padre to hit a home run. He was only a day younger than Ricky, so I'm sure he'll break that later this season at some point. And he also had six RBIs, which is the most Cruz has had since he drove in seven for the Twins back on July 26th of 2020. Um, Dylan Dodd's strong debut was kind of forgotten. He got knocked around 10 hits, seven runs, and four and a third. So, Joe, the big thing, like I said, injuries are starting to pile up, um, especially the pitching. Now, Freed and Wright are both in the IL. Wright starting on Tuesday against Cincinnati. Freed possibly will start Saturday, or they might push him back to next week. But the, they should be ready to go. Um, Darno, like I said, seven-day IL with a concussion. Um, Harris is on the 10-day IL with a back contusion. He actually collided with the wall in consecutive days. Made both catches, I should note. Um, but Snit said he is expected to return immediately once the 10-day stint is up. Um, Iglesias has been on the 15 days since the beginning of the season um, with a shoulder injury. And um, after the Cardinal series, the Braves would call McHugh on the 15-day IL. Um, he's He has a little bit of a shoulder injury going on. They noticed a two to three mile an hour drop in his velocity and said, nope, we're not screwing around with this. Take some rest. Now, he has resumed throwing already, so it seems like whatever it was, it's a minor shoulder injury. So, you know, knock on wood, everybody's going to be fine. You know, once the Braves get back to full strength, I think they're going to keep rolling the way they were. But, yeah, you know, it, kind of a fizzling end of the week. But, you know, it's going to happen. It's it's April. I don't care. <laughs> Just don't do that shit in September. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, definitely.
All right, Joe. So uh, since Jason's not here and I can't stand the Phillies, uh, how about them Phillies? <laughs> yeah, a bit of a, a, a mixed bag, I think, with the, the Phillies. The first part of the week was not very good. Um, the, the Yankees, they lost 8-1 on Monday night. Uh, they won 4-1 on Tuesday night, and they lost 4-2 Wednesday night. Um, you know, and then they, they were home for uh, their, their opening home weekend um, against the Reds and took two out of three there. They won 5-2 Friday, 3-2 Saturday, and then lost 6-4 uh, Sunday yesterday. So, you know, a mixed bag week. I think anytime you can take two of three, um, you know, you're happy about that, but yeah, since it is the Reds, you should sweep the Reds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, you know, the blown slate save the, the 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 comeback there in the end in, in the ninth inning. You know, th- those things happen. Um, obviously, um, y- you know they've got a big week of games this week coming up, as you'll probably note later. That you know they've got the Marlins who seem to have their number, um, and then the Reds uh, uh, again. So, um, you know, they, they really need to get things kind of back on track. Um, you know, the, the, the nice thing about this weekend is I didn't really realize this myself, but, um, you know, the, the, the pennant winners get rings as well, and they had their ring ceremonies um, over the weekend. Um, at, Jason sent pictures to us, but it, he said that, you know, they're gorgeous rings. They have nice tributes uh, to, such as Dancing on My Own. And, uh, you know, Reese came out last and got the standing O. So, I mean, it's really been, um, you know, it was nice, nice for that part of it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. The pictures, it's a simple silver ring, the uh, Phillies Liberty Bell logo, um, 0.82 carats of sapphires in the Liberty Bell to represent the 82 Philly hits through the NLCS. Um uh, emerald cut white diamond set in a brick pattern to pay homage to the architectural elements of Citizens Bank Park. Um, 96 diamonds and champions to represent the 96 total wins through the NLCS. Um, they have a weather inlay. Um, the championship trophy is inlaid into a piece of weather from a game used baseball from game five of the NLCS. So that's pretty cool. I missed that. Um, the player's name is framed inside a silhouette of the signage found throughout the ballpark. Their numbers and their rubies set on the background of the brick pattern. Again, you know, the um, architectural pattern of the park. You have the uh, ruby setting, 63 rows of rubies circling the side of the ring to represent the total number of players receiving a National League Championship ring. Um, the Phillies P, the iconic P encrusted in rubies, accompanied by the regular season and postseason records. Um, and then on the bottom and on the inside, you know, the team song, the postseason theme dancing on my own, like you said, um, inside the Citizens Bank Park, seating in the bowl along with their iconic skyline and Independence Hall. The total sellout crowd of 45,045 for game five of the NLCS along. And this, I love this. They put the bedlam at the park in there. The uh, catchphrase from uh, radio bod- broadcaster, uh, Scott Fransky. Um, so yeah, I, uh, Joe, I'm going to be honest. I, I also forgot that the, uh, the pennant winners always get rings because the last time the Braves won pennants and didn't win a world series was in the nineties. And I was uh, at that point, either single digits or, just barely scratching double digits. So I completely forgot about that as uh, I think is understandable. Uh, there, Jason's right. They're gorgeous rings. There's no petty crap like the Astros. What? 42 years since they last lost to the Phillies in the NLCS or some, that, that was garbage. So uh, very classy rings. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, Jason said that exact thing. I like the Astros classy with no pettiness. Yeah. So yeah, they, they were, uh, yeah, very gorgeous rings, though. Uh, no doubt about that. Yeah. On, on top of that, just to, to dovetail off of the, the rings, uh, Dean Segura got his ring tonight. Mm -hmm. um, nice standing over him. He was the, the leadoff hitter, I believe. Um, Jason mentioned so, like, or you know, his first plate appearance, he got a standing O, and the and the ump just let it breathe. Which, you know, you, you like the fact that the umps have some intelligence to have some discretion here with some of these pitch clock rules to go. All right, first first time back here, he's getting a ring tonight. Let's give him a let's give him some time to breathe. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine the pitch clock rules last year after Albert passed seven hundred? Yeah. Just, just think of that nonsense. No, get off the field, Albert. We got to throw the pitch. No, shut up and let him enjoy the moment. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's nice the umpires are uh, actually using their heads um, and delaying the pitch clock starting for moments like that. Hopefully we see that throughout the year when it's um, applicable. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, mixed bag week for the Phillies. Uh, as Ron pointed out in the chat, though, hey, they're killing it tonight. And they're doing quite well against Alcantara tonight. Oh, crap. I have Alcantara, don't I? Shoot. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, oh, well. Yes, you do. Oh, well. Well, speaking of that segue, let's roll into uh, fantasy baseball here, the Dollar Dogs Beer Fantasy Pod <laughs> fantasy Podcast League. So uh, looking at the uh, matchups from last week, um, Acuna's Boom is my team uh, knocked off Joe's Happy and Hornersby 19-6. Uh, and uh, Jason's Turner and uh, Chooch knocked off Ron Schmidt happens 17 to eight. So your league standings right now, I'm leading the league at 19, six and three Jason's two games behind me. Uh, Ron's 11 games behind me and you're 13 games behind me. So, you know, it, Hey man, it's week one. <laughs> it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Exactly. Um, and, and you know, what What always happens, oh, really, Ron? <laughs> so according to Ron, Alcantara apparently gave up nine earned runs, so my ERA is already going to start the week in the toilet. All right. <laughs> Jason will be happy. Man, I'm. can this be another 10-day week where I get a ton of starts in and have time to erase that? No, I guess not. You know, what, you know what, one thing to point out, week one, it's always going to be weird because it's a long week. Same with all-star game week. You know, that's an extended week as well. So you get kind of wacky total numbers that you're not going to normally see. Um, but looking at my team, uh, some top performers for me, uh, I, Will Smith was on a tear last week. He scored it eight runs, uh, three doubles, three homers, 11 RBIs, picked up six walks. Um, Acuna had a great week. He had uh, nine singles, two doubles, two homers, five RBIs, five stolen bases, six walks. Um, and probably the biggest offensive piece for me, Joe, is Jordan Alvarez. Uh, five singles, a double, three homers, 14 RBIs, five walks. Um, Pitching-wise, Garrett Cole pitched well for me. I got two wins out of him uh, with a .73 RA and 19 strikeouts. DeGrom bounced back from his rough start with the Phillies, nine and two-thirds. He did pick up a win, and I got 18 strikeouts out of him. Also got 18 strikeouts and two starts from Otani with one win in there as well. So, um, you, know, I, I, you know, all in all, it was a solid week for me. I have uh, no complaints. Um, and I didn't have one guy who really uh, messed me up too badly, although Helsley didn't really do all that great. Um, yeah, close, closers might be an issue. I might need to address that as the uh, 
as the weeks move forward. Um, what about you, Joe? Uh, what did you think of week one overall? Um, it's interesting. I like being like, I, I haven't, you know, I can't say I've followed individual players as much as I have the last week or, or so. Um, but, you know, um, I thought, you know, I got a lot of good contributions from Adley Rutschman. I thought that was. Oh, my God, uh, that opening day game. Yeah. I have him um, in, my fam- in my fantasy league, and he helped lead me to a huge win over my mom this week. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I mean, Swanton did good for, for the Cubs and, and decent in fantasy, and Aaron Otto did pretty good um, fantasy-wise. So I, I can't complain there too much. Uh, pitching wise, the bullpen was the shining star for me. Yeah. Um, you know, Robertson had two saves. Uh, I think, um, Holmes had three and I think, uh, class a had two as well. So, yeah, um, you, know, big, you big were racking up saves, big, strong performances from the bullpen guys. Um, 47 strikeouts among the starters, which over 10 games is not as, as nice as it should be, but it was pretty good. Um, I, the, the biggest thing I thought too, disappointment wise, was that I just didn't feel like, like, you know, Cease had a great game and Bieber had a good game, the first one, but the offense for their team wasn't there. So it just kind of skewed my scores a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I, but, you know, that, that's been, you know, for Cease to have a sub two ERA already and, and feel pretty comfortable about where he's, where he's throwing and what he looks like. I'm, I'm, I can't be disappointed with with how he's pitching. It's no, definitely not. The, the team um, has to work that out. I think um, Nico had a pretty rough week for for me in fantasy. Um, Dansby had the stronger of the, the of the ten days compared to those with those two guys. And the, um, you know the, the rain out on Wednesday didn't help. I had a couple of, of guys starting that I probably might not have. Um, yeah, the, that if was the game been canceled true. sooner. I would have probably made some moves that I, I, you know, to, to change things up a bit again, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, Like I said, it's fun to follow it a little closer. Um, And, and to give you an update, a a full update on this Phillies game, they're up 15 to three in the top of the night. Jesus. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Phillies bullpen to blow that, but I, yeah, I don't, I I think I'm going to be taking both an L and a massive ERA hit for this one. Yeah, um, Joe, looking at uh, – I'm just looking at our matchup here. Yeah, I, I killed you in strikeouts 104 to 78. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's the week. Um, Ron's notes, he said, week one was a lot of fun, had its ups and downs, the games being postponed, not getting those points. Honestly, thinks pitching was his stronger point because most of his hitters couldn't get anything going. Verdugo was his best batter, helped out a lot where other guys couldn't. Really was hoping to get more out of JT and McNeil, but hey, that's how baseball goes. And again, Ron, like I you know, it's, it's week one. There's plenty of time. Jason said, uh, "Good start for him in hours this week." Uh, Clash, it was Clash the Titan slash veteran standouts for him were J Rod with ten runs, Vlad Jr. with a four thirty nine average, Rose Arona with eleven RBIs, and Jordan Romano with four saves. Disappointments for him: Bobby Witt Jr., Mookie Betts, both at two fifty or under it for average with no significant contributions, and uh, Corbin Burns two starts, zero and one, nine and a third innings, eleven hits, ten earned runs, only six strikeouts. Can't say I'm so, disappointed about that one. It, Joe, I, I bet you were absolutely heartbroken about that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, 
um, the matchups this week, then it's uh, me and Jason and you and Ron. So we'll uh, have another update next week on uh, how that matchup is going. I'm not going to bother talking about the scores right now because it's Monday night. There's it, it, it's like it, it's like fantasy football after the Thursday night game. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right, right. All right. So moving it on here, uh, let's let's roll into the hot lists here. Um, I'll start off with uh, hitters for me. My uh, my top four for the week. I Brian Reynolds to the Pirates. He had nine runs, four homers, 12 RBIs, two stolen bases. The slash line of 480, 464, 1.120. 12 hits, two doubles, a triple, a walk, three strikeouts. I had Matt Chapman of the of the uh, Blue Jays. 464, 516, 857 line, five runs, two homers, 12 RBIs, a stolen base, 13 hits, five doubles, three walks, seven strikeouts. Ronald Acuna Jr., 345, 424, 517, eight runs, a homer, four RBIs, four stolen bases, 10 hits, two doubles, four walks, five strikeouts. And then Vlad Jr., 484, 529, 677, eight runs, two homers, three RBIs, a stolen base, 15 hits, uh, two walks, two strikeouts. Those were my um, hot hitters for the week. How about you, Joe? The only one you didn't have was uh, Adam Duvall. I had him. Uh, four, 455, 514, 1030, and OPS of 1340, or 1544, sorry. That's not uh, four homers and 14 RBIs. So the, <laughs> that's a good week. Yeah, that's a damn good week. Um, sad news for uh, <laughs> sad news for uh, people who picked up Adam Duvall in this hot streak. Uh, his hand's broken. I think he got hit by a pitch, so Duvall will be out for an extended period of time. And uh, I, you know, having watched him on the Braves for the last couple of years, I feel like that's every year you you just wait for when that injury's going to hit him. So tough luck for Duvall and the Red Sox. All right, looking at pitchers, because uh, uh, Joe, I know you said you're not going to bring back the money back money ball players until next week when you're not dealing with ten days worth of wildly swinging data. Right. So uh, here's my um, top four hitters from the or, excuse me pitchers in the past week. We'll start with a uh, Drew Rasmussen, Rasmussen, excuse me, of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. 2-0, 15 strikeouts and in 13 innings, an ERA of zero, WHIP of .23. He allowed three hits. Not bad. No walks. Damn. Um, Freddie Peralta of the Brew Crew, 2-0, 12 innings, 14 strikeouts, a .75 ERA, and a whip of one. He gave up one run, six hits, six walks. Um, I had Anthony Desclafani of the Giants, 1-0, 12 and a third, 11 strikeouts, .73 ERA, .49 whip. He gave up one earned run, six hits, no walks. And then, now, because remember, tonight's games aren't counting in this Sandy Alcantara (laughs) because uh, we're not going to be saying that after this week. Uh, He pitched a complete game, nine innings, five strikeouts, got the win. ERA of zero, whip .44, three hits, one walk. Not bad at all. Um, Joe, do you have any other hot? I had had two other pitchers before we do the reliever. Mm -hmm. Um, Luis Castillo, 1-0 in two starts. Um, 11 and two thirds, 12 strikeouts, uh, 0.43 whip. Not, not bad for him to get going. I hope he has a subpar night tonight <laughs> against the Cubs. Uh, but, um, and then, uh, I had Jeff Springs. I don't think you mentioned him. He's from Tampa Bay no, as well. Uh, two and oh, uh, 13 innings, no runs, 19 strikeouts, 
0.54 whip. So uh, a big reason that obviously when we get to, to hot teams, <laughs> there's going to be a team up there. That's, that's no surprise. Yeah. Uh, rolling into, uh, well, yeah, go ahead and do your uh, really the adulting yeah. reliever of the week. Yeah. Your, your adulting reliever of the week uh, for the first, uh, first week here, week ish, I guess. <laughs> um, Dave Bedner from, from Pittsburgh, four for four and save opportunities, four innings, uh, a whip of 0.75 and seven strikeouts. Yeah. Can't guy guys is on in mid season form already after his really good year last year. Yeah. That's a great start for him. All right. So um, there's one team who deserves to be on the very, very, very tippy tippy top of the hot teams list. And that is the undefeated 10 and 0 Tampa Bay Rays. Who's, Pitching is absolutely on fire right now. Yeah. Um, and they are annihilating everybody they face right now. So they are, without a doubt, the hottest team in baseball. Um, I also have the Guardians on here right now, seven and four overall, seven and three in the last 10. Uh, I, I'd put Arizona and San Diego on there as well, both six and four. They're both in three game winning streaks. And, uh, Pains me to say this because I can't stand them, but the Brewers at seven and two. Um, honestly, I'm I'm I don't know if I quite call Pittsburgh a hot team right now, but they're off to a great start at six and three. And like I said, I'm I'm not putting Atlanta on this week, but I'm not upset with the six and four start, especially with the injuries that have hit the team. So um, fortunately, they're playing uh, they're playing Cincinnati right now, and they're up two nothing going into the eighth. So, you know, always a good way to break a cold streak is by playing the Reds. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. Um, and and if you're Ian Happ, playing them in Cincinnati is even better. <laughs> Boy, ain't that the truth? Because that, as they remind you, you know, tirelessly every time they play the Reds, um, Ian Happ may have been born in Pittsburgh, but he's played college baseball at Cincinnati. So uh, he, he owns Cincinnati when he plays there. So Boy, they, they remind you every single time that they're in Cincinnati. It's ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, I had Tampa Bay, obviously, like you said. Um, How can you not? <laughs> uh, Milwaukee, I mean – like I, like I said about fantasy, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So let them enjoy this one because I don't expect it to last. Um, no, I don't either. You know, and, and I do think you know you have to you have to give Pittsburgh some credit here. I, I've got them on the list. Um, I, I mean, having like you said, six and three. Um, you know, taking it taking the the uh, White Sox to task over the weekend. I think they swept them. I think you're right. Yeah. So I mean, you know, the the, the White Sox had a rough have had a rough start and you know pittsburgh has has not so i, I mean i i think you gotta keep them on this list for sure yeah all right so looking at the upcoming week um atlanta is got three at home with cincinnati tonight is elder versus ashcraft tomorrow kyle wright will make a season debut versus sessa and then you got spencer strider versus hunter green so, uh, Joe, for that game, let's set the over-under for both teams. Let's say over-under at 32.5 strikeouts. What are you taking? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll take the under. <laughs> I'm going to take the over on that. I'm going to take the under. Hunter Green's flat fastball, as you've pointed out numerous times, is too flat. So yeah, Atlanta's hitters are too good. They're not going to miss too many of them. No, I hope not. Um, <laughs> Maybe the first time through, but not the second time through. 
And, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, you're going to see, yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup. I think the, the bigger over under is how many balls are going to be thrown at a hundred miles an hour or more. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this might be, you know, this might be the matchup that will set the, uh, record for the league this year of 100 plus mile an hour pitches thrown just with Strider and green throwing the, the only thing that would make it better is that if um ben joyce the tennessee product i forget where he ended up but if he was um, pitching against hunter green that would be fun man that i wouldn't want to be, a need to be replaced I, every half inning i wouldn't want to be a catcher in that game man that's got to be what it was like to catch nolan ryan back in his prime <laughs> No thanks. You, you order the glove with triple padding instead of double. <laughs> yep. And then um, Braves have an off day as they travel to Kansas City next, and it will be uh, Morton versus Singer. Uh, now the Saturday game they still have Dodd listed versus Bubik again. You could see uh, Max Freed there. You could also see him Sunday, where it's Elder versus Grinky. So um, this is a week that Atlanta needs to take advantage of playing two cellar-dwelling teams and beat the ever-loving hell out of them. For the Cubbies this week, um, you guys are currently live with Seattle right now. You have Smiley versus Castillo. Tomorrow's Wisniewski versus Flexen. Stroman versus Gilbert. These are great pitching matchups for you guys. I, I like yeah. that Stroman-Gilbert match. Yeah, that, that should be a fun game to, to watch um, from a pitching standpoint. And I look for Wesneski to have a bounce-back game tomorrow. Uh, yeah, definitely. Op- opening week jitters and and just going up against a team that was not, you know, um, he pitched against – he didn't pitch against the Reds. He pitched against um, – uh, or did he? Yeah, he pitched against the Reds. Yeah, it was the um, Reds. You know, it, it, opening – you know, you're, you're playing in, in – I think they were in Cincinnati, so – you know, that's mm-hmm. that's to be expected from a young rookie making this, you know, first start coming out of of camp and, and being the number five starter, winning yeah. the job in, in spring training. And and I think, you know, he'll, he'll bounce back. He'll get comfortable. He looked uncomfortable, honestly, watching the game. He looked uncomfortable. He couldn't locate to save his life. So I expect that to, to subside and him bounce back. Yeah. Definitely. And then the Cubs are off Thursday to travel out west to Los Angeles, where they will face the Dodgers, not the Angels, unfortunately. Um, Stroman versus, uh, I'm sorry, that was the Seattle matchup. Uh, Steele versus Syndergaard, Talion versus Grove, Smiley versus Urias on Sunday. Um, The Dodgers aren't off to a hot start, so I, I feel like if you have to play the Dodgers, now is not a bad time to play the Dodgers. And you have good pitching matchups too. Urias will be will be tough without a doubt. He always is. Yeah, the, but Syndergaard and Grove, I like that. I, I put my trust in the Man of Steel, Justin yeah. Steele. I love that guy, man. He's awesome. Um, I, I think he's excellent. I, I'm I'm excited to watch him continue to to. He's really earned that number two spot this year. You thought he would at the end of the last year, but he's really embraced mm-hmm. it and really has pitched well so far. I know it's early, but and I don't want to overreact, but I think he's really pitched well, and I was pretty high on him last year, as you know. So, yes, um, I'm excited for that. And I and I think same thing with Wesneski. I think Tyone bounces back in the third start, maybe, and I think kind of even out. Yes, yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so for the Phillies this week, so we know they won tonight with Strom versus Alcantara. Tomorrow is Nola versus Lazardo and Wheeler versus Cabrera. And Jason will actually be at the game tomorrow. 
Um, it's his first of the season. He said he's pumped for it. It's dollar dog night. So he wants to have a contest. So how many hot dogs by the quarter of a hot dog? Um, Joe, do you think Jason's going to eat? <laughs> well, Jason's number dollar dogs. Was, what was Jason's number? He said four and he's three quarters. Get- that's, that's his, his opening, uh, salvo here on this yeah he, um, he he's putting the minimum at four and three quarters so joe what's your prediction for uh how many hot dogs jason's gonna end up eating uh <laughs> uh you know what um Ooh, ronnie's chiming in here with five hot dogs all right ronnie if you end up winning i will send i'll send you a dollar dogs one of our dollar dogs and beer stickers i've got lying around here there you go um i'm gonna go uh, you know what? I'm going to go five and five and a quarter, five and a quarter. All right. I'm going to go big. I'm going to go six and a half, Woo. six and a half. <laughs> and yes, Ronnie, I realize I just pulled a prices right on you. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely did. And I almost wish I could go back and change my answer to five. <laughs> to five. <laughs> no, I won't do that. All right. So, uh, yeah, so it's great pitching matchups for the uh, Phillies versus the Marlins, who have tended to be Phillies kryptonite over the years. So this is a big series for the Phillies to see if they can uh, get that monkey off their back, so to speak. And then no off Dan Thursday as they go to Cincinnati for a four-game series. Um, You've got Falter versus Lodalo, Walker versus Overton, Strom versus Ashcraft, and Nola versus Sessa. So... um, and Phillies will be on the will be playing all week. No off day for them this week. Um, then looking ahead at our other. I, sorry, I, go ahead, Joe. With, with the Phillies, I think I agree with Jason. It's a big week, but I honestly, I mean, getting over the hump today. I, I mean, you could these, the Phillies could easily win every game this week. I think the pitching is on their side. I think the offense will start to come alive. They did tonight, so. Mm-hmm. You know, they, the, the Phillies could easily win every game this week, but I'm not going to jinx the Phillies this week, and I'm going to say they're going to win two or three games. <laughs> hey, Jason, how you doing? Um, check, uh, Jason says he's just checking in. Jason, we're doing pretty well, uh, but like we said at the top of the show, hope things are going well for you at home, uh, and good luck with Luna's surgery tomorrow. And like I said in the group chat, give her an extra treat from me. <laughs> Maybe an extra piece of cheese, too. <laughs> I will. I will say this. I think you know the the, the Philly uh, series this week. I think um, <laughs> as long as there's not a uh, you know as long as there's not a rain out due to the forecast. And as Ronnie knows, you don't go you don't not go fishing because of the forecast, but you don't not play baseball either. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I I brought this up in the in the uh, fantasy group chat we have with Ronnie. What I think, what what I think probably happened was it looks like the storm the storm system hit some mountains and just stalled unexpectedly. So I, I understand why because the areas that got hit did get hit pretty hard. But it, you know, twenty four hours out, that was a little little bit premature. Um, Jason, the uh, guesses for dollar dogs. Um, so Ronnie said five. Joe said five and a quarter because he had to price this right, Ronnie. And uh, I said six and a half. I'm going big. I believe in your stomach, man. Don't let me down. Also, well, my, also only, my only question is, does that count the buns too? 
<laughs> of course it counts the buns. It's just like the Nathan's contest. You got to eat the bun too. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, looking ahead for the Orioles this week. They've got uh, a week that should be actually, I think, pretty winnable for them. They've got the Oakland A's at home for four games. Gibson versus Sears Rodriguez versus Mueller. Kramer versus uh, Waldachuk. And Irvin versus uh, whoever Oakland decides to roll out to lose in that game. And then for the weekend series, they go on the road to the White Sox. They've got Wells versus Clevenger, Gibson versus Kopik, and Rodriguez versus Cease. So, you know, outside of that Sunday matchup, which I do not think is in their favor at all, um, I know nope. this should be a good week for Baltimore. Um, uh, Big Jim ought to be uh, quite happy about that. <laughs> yeah, Jason yeah, I, said, I, yes, of course, the buns are included. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, that White Sox series, I, I know you said Kopech and Cease, and I, you said Clevenger was the other one. Yes. Yeah. I, I think. The Friday game is probably winnable. I think Kopech has really, really looked pretty good yesterday. I mean, they only lost that game one to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the the O'Neill Cruz injury overshadowed that, but um, you know, Pittsburgh won that game one to nothing. Kopech looked really good, so I, I I'd see you know they'll probably get one out of three in, against the White Sox, but I think the the A's are you know double three A double A plus. Yeah. Yeah, three out of four is sweep. Um, Jason said the Phillies scored 15 runs tonight to obliterate Alcantara, so I fully expect no runs or no hits tomorrow. Uh, Jason, it wouldn't shock me either. That would be a total total Phillies. Um, Ron said better question would be how many beers on top of it, and he said, Ron, that'll be too expensive. Dollar beers, that'd be a different story. <laughs> yeah, Jason, as, uh, as we've said many times, there is no more dollar beer promotions in MLB anymore, sadly. <laughs> At least they still do dollar dogs because uh, thank God for that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have a show without that. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then uh, looking at the Nationals and uh, the obliteration that they will face this week, um, they're on the road uh, starting the week. They have three in the Angels, Corbin versus Suarez, Gray versus Otani tomorrow night. Well, they're going to lose that one big time. And uh, Gore versus uh, TBD for the Angels. And then they have an off day Thursday to come home for three with the Guardians, Williams versus Quantrill, Cole versus Plesek, and Corbin versus Bieber. Uh, they get one. <laughs> I don't know which one they get, but they're going to get one because they're going to get lucky on one. And that's about it. In the words of Spider-Man on Family Guy, everybody gets one. Exactly. Everybody gets and one. And that's we'll get one. I just don't know which one it is. <laughs> Neither do they. Um, Ronnie said, to, uh, Jason got to get one of those beer bats. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned the beer bats because uh, there's some in, in – Cubs world, there's a lot of talk about how they've gotten rid of the beer snake now because they sell these the beer bats, which I'm disappointed. <laughs> I miss the beer snakes. Yeah, the, the beer stuff. snakes were just iconic. Yeah, you had to have beer snakes. <laughs> yeah, those cup snakes, man, it was insane. Yeah, um, those I saw one one time that I think went from the wall from the outfield wall all the way back to the scoreboard wall and then wrapped all the way back down to the outfield wall. Yes, they did. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, that was uh, that was a day game against Milwaukee too. <laughs> so probably, God, God knows what was happening in that game. And those guys had and those guys had been at Murphy's since eight o'clock in the morning, probably. 
<laughs> without a doubt without a doubt <laughs> all right so um i think that's it for me joe do you have anything else for the week no i mean i'm looking forward to what where this week goes that's for sure yeah yeah i'm looking forward to a bounce back week for my braves uh like i said ended rough but we got guys getting healthy so things should hopefully start to get better shortly All right, everybody, you can find our audio recordings on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast Radio, Public Amazon Music, and Spreaker. We are live on YouTube, Facebook Live, as well as Twitter. Find the merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash DDAB dash podcast. Follow us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash dollar dogs and beer on our Twitter page at DDAB underscore podcast. All three of us are on Twitter. I'm at PyroLord314. Jason's at JRicker300. Joe's at JoelJoe35. We are presented by Dark Arrow Podcast LLC. We are sponsored by the Phenomenal Whiskey and Blade Barbershop in Lidditz. Johnny, sorry for all the shots we had to take at the ridiculous crap the Yankees pulled earlier, but you know what? The show must go on. Folks, may your dogs always cost a dollar. May your beer always be cold. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>